and welcome back ladies and gentlemen boys and girls bolt fam we're back for another episode of chargers powder hour episode number 24 i am one half your host my name is colin alongside me we have the other half miles how you doing man yo what's up bolt fam i'm i'm chilling man how you been doing Doing good, doing good, uh, just working, you know, keeping up with camp, but, uh, yeah, still, still kind of on the, uh, not recovering phase, but you know, you know, like when you get home from a vacation and you're just kind of sluggish and maybe a little jet lagged and yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. Like for the first couple of days, you get like a little bit of jet lag, still a little sluggish, not still back a little, to reality, like, you know, hungover. but I feel like for that, that first like week that you're back, you're still just, I don't know, your body is just like finally starting to get, get back to, to speed. So that's kind of where I'm at, but no, man, going good. How you doing? Dude, I'm, I'm good. It's crazy. We're on episode 24 already. That it is. It and really just is. Wait, just wait till these games start coming, man. Then these episodes are only going to be more electric. I swear to God, the last week, literally every night I have a dream that charger season is back and then I wake <laughs> up and I'm like, damn. You know you're close to, to football being years. back when the, when you start dreaming work. Chargers. I think, let's see, first game's the ninth, I believe. So we're officially 30 days away, 29 no, let's days see away. A, I think it's 9-11. Hashtag oh, yeah, never forget. Right. Never right. forget when the Chargers oh, you're right. play their opener. The first overall game is, oh, no, that's the eighth too. Okay, I don't know where I got the ninth from, but, but we're first recording this game this, yeah. this Saturday. Or this Sunday or Saturday? We're recording this on August 10th, so we are officially one month and one day away from Chargers football. It's exciting, man. Thank the Lord. And then we're we're a little over a month uh, away from when we'll be at Arrowhead. In Kansas City, baby. Watching the Chargers beat the shit out of the Chiefs. Thursday night football. Probably won't remember a single thing from that game, so that podcast is going to be interesting, but... We'll see. Maybe we should just do a podcast like blacked out and just. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking get, that we just go to Arrowhead and just see how many beers we can drink before the game. Get the creative just, juices flowing. You know, keep our followers up to date. Maybe we go live on Twitter, just like, yo, what's up? Uh, we're 15 down. We're just chilling though. Let's go try. <laughs> they just drink a beer every 10 minutes and then like see how we are at the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I don't know. That'll be fun. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can do like if we find a Sunday sometime uh, this season where we're just like fuck it, we're gonna live either live stream or just live record and just yeah, drink as many beers as we can and like I like that. I actually like that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. We, got, some, we got something there. We got some ideas brewing already. I like that. Yeah, just see exactly like maybe try to drink like. A beer for every like penalty or something. A beer for every penalty, or Jesus a shot Christ. for a shot for every penalty. Oh my god, that's worse. Well, that went going backwards. See, let's see, like it would be what? What's the average penalties in a game per team? Like not even well, eight. It depends, it's that bad. Sometimes, like you have those games where it's like, oh my god, we only committed two penalties. Like, wow, great efficient game. And then there's other games. See, that's where... the wild part of it. That's what you gotta love about it. Yeah, you'll be blacked out by halftime. 
Maybe, or maybe it'll be completely Could be sober. Could be fun. I don't know. But episode 24, I kind of like the thing, who's your favorite Chargers player to ever number 24? If you're not, if the answer is not Ryan Matthews, I don't know who it is. I mean, Ryan Matthews, yeah. Just to be different, I'll go Nas Adderley. But I mean, Ryan Matthews is immediately the first first player that came to mind. Yeah, not, not necessarily my favorite, but that I don't even know other burned. Chargers that have wore twenty four besides him and Nas. So, uh, fuck! I feel like someone but else did recently. Stucky was twenty five, wasn't he? Yeah, Stucky was twenty five. God, I feel like there was someone else recently that wore twenty four. Anyways. Whatever, but yeah, I know we did that for LT. Obviously, he's iconic, but yeah, um, yeah. Episode number twenty. We did it for episode number seventeen too. So, but I heard you got an icebreaker for us. I do have an icebreaker for us. So, well, let us hear it. Let's hear it. All I'm right, ready to break this ice. So you know, Colin and I, we're avid golfers. You know, we like to hit the links every now and then. Um. So my idea for this, you know, golfing's kind of been a big thing in the Chargers organization. Justin Herbert has that tournament every year. And, um, you know, I think that they all get pretty competitive with golf off the football field. So I wanted to ask Colin, what would be your dream foursome, including yourself, so three others of current Chargers players to golf with? And since I brought up the idea, I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, I thought about it for all of like 45 seconds. Um, and the first, these are like just the first three guys that came to my mind. So I'm going to keep it relatively simple, but I'm going Easton stick. I'm going Mike Williams. And since I, since I feel like I need to go somewhere in the defensive route, I'm going to go Joey Bosa. Wow. All right. What's your, what's your reasoning behind those? Well, Easton Stick, uh, he graduated the same class, not same like class of school, but same year, same year um, yeah. as me in the state of Nebraska. So I just have a, like, I just want to, I have a lot of questions about his path to the NFL because he was an unknown kid at the prep level. Um, Cause like I'd, I'd never heard of him until he got drafted by the chargers. And I was like, wait, he's from Omaha. Like what the fuck? So I would just I'd, I'd want to get to know him a little bit more, and I mean I feel like since he's a Nebraska guy, I feel like we'd probably have some some stuff in common. Uh, Mike Williams, I think he'd just be fun to hang out with for a day. He's uh he's like those are like Mike Williams has the really like positive, good, carefree vibes. Yeah. So I feel like he would make the the round, you know, fun, light lighthearted. And then um, Joey Bosa, just because I, I fucking love Joey Bosa. I think yeah. I feel like he's an underrated, funny dude. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys you get in the cart with and like you're just you can't help but like not like giggle laugh the entire afternoon because then he's like not even he's not even trying. He's just like being himself. And like, I don't know. I just watching his press conferences and his him kind of like get more comfortable with the media as he's gone further into his career. It's really, I was already a fan of him from the jump, but I mean, yeah, I, I just think he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. So yeah, if we were drafting like people that I would want to run like squads with on Fortnite, Joey Bosa would be number one for sure. 
because you oh, know yeah. he's he's like that whole gamer you know lord of the rings like total nerd like that but no i, I love that answer because he's definitely somebody that didn't even come to my mind but i mean there was even a mic'd up that dropped of him i think yesterday and he's like quoting spongebob in the middle of practice so yes dude that was fucking hilarious exactly so i love that answer that's a good answer so, so well, for me, we're waiting. All right. All right. So for me, I honestly thought you're going to take at least one of my three. We even made a pack before we started the episode to make sure, you know, let's not have anyone in the same three, but I don't got to worry about that now. So number one, I'm taking Justin Herbert. I kind of thought that that'd be an it. easy one. I thought for sure that you'd take that. I mean, <laughs> he I specifically didn't want to take him because I feel like that's, he's the easy answer for any of these. Like I know what like, three would you want to hang out with all day? Like it's Herbert's going to be a given, but yeah. So I might have a really basic three, but yeah, Herbert for sure. Herbert's an avid golfer. They've got like his own little invitational just seems like a really cool guy. And, you know, we don't really get an opportunity to like, you know, he, he really shies away from the cameras. We don't really get tons of opportunities to really hear, um, you know, more about his, life outside of football so i think maybe maybe if we got tight you know throughout the round you know we could become buds and maybe i would get to hear some of that insider information on him so herbert won for sure second one is none other than tiger hoods keenan allen tiger um, hoods everyone knows the everyone knows the mic'd up video of them on the golf court called golf court golf court i don't think that's a thing but on the <laughs> golf course uh he calling himself Tiger Hoods. Uh, Keen is just a super bubbly personality. I just think it'd be hilarious to golf with him. And my third option, another guy I talked about last episode a little bit, who is absolutely hilarious, newly acquired. It would be SJD Sebastian Joseph Day. That Ooh, dude is just, that good dude pick. is just hilarious. I feel like he'd be kind of a shitty golfer. Maybe he's not. Who knows? Maybe he's like yeah. A- but I see that's that's why I was trying not to go off of like. I think a Herbert would have been a popular answer because he is good at golf. Oh no, but I'm like, not going skill wise at all. Yeah. I'm just going with people I'd want to hang out with. Just three people you'd want to hang out with for like two to four hours. No, yeah, for sure. So SJD, you know, I don't. I'm yeah, that's definitely a, that's not a solid picking, pick. I'm definitely not going to pick him because of his golfing ability. Like, I don't really care if I'm golfing with people that aren't very good. I don't think Keenan's the best. Obviously, Herbert can swing a club a little bit, and Keenan's Damn. probably pretty decent. But I just yeah. thought of Fehoko. I think. Yeah, he'd be a fun one too. Oh, for sure. Maybe any of those defensive linemen, honestly, would be fun. I mean, I mean, you had Bosa with yours. You just brought up Fajoko, and I brought up SJD. So, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the defensive linemen. So, yeah, they seem like a fun group for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, well, good stuff, man. Um, real quick, what are you what are you drinking? So I'm currently in Omaha. Nebraska. Um, I came down with my mom and my sister. My sister's going to be a freshman in college coming up next week, actually. She moves in, so I just came down with them for the day. They did some shopping. I had nothing better going on. So I'm currently in Omaha, and in our fridge we had some Rona lights. So I'm drinking a Rona with a lime here on this brisk Wednesday night. Nice. Is it a Corona light or is it just a regular Corona? Oh, it's a light. Oh, it see, I don't, light. I don't really know the difference. I just, it's one of those things where I just, I automatically like don't like Corona light, but I, I honestly could not. If you blindfolded me, 
I would not be able to tell the difference between a Corona and a Corona Light. So yeah, I, yeah, I could, I couldn't tell the difference. I don't care if it's Corona. I, could t- I don't care if it's Corona Premier. I don't care if it's Corona Light. It's beer, and you didn't have to pay for it. So give, give me a Rona, give me a lime, and I'm set to go. So nice. Well, I have over here a traditional Yingling Lager, America's oldest brewery. Get down, could baby. You, could not tell you. I have any idea what that is, but that's because you're still in college. All right, fair enough. And it's not – I didn't know what yingling was. People on the East Coast are laughing at us right now. Yingling? Um, ying, Y-U-E-N-G-L-I-N-G. Okay. It's America's oldest brewery. Oh, I know what this is. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't, the name is just so, so odd. It's not sold nationwide. I think it's sold primarily like on the eastern side of the states and – it's starting the like the, I don't know why it's never. Maybe it's just like been a company thing. I don't know why it's never like expanded all the way across the states. But I think it's slowly start. It's starting to. Um, but yeah, I kind of got a Yingling connect through uh, my landlord slash godfather. So it, it, it works out. There you go. Yeah, I can tell you. I've never tried it, but I do know what it is. So. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a think like Sam Adams kind of. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, very uh, very American. This is the the beer you can crack out on like the Fourth of July. It's got gotcha. a hell. It's got a bald eagle on the on the bottle. So. Yeah, no, it it looks very patriotic. So, good for you. Yeah, man. Pat in the back. <laughs> but, all right, let's uh. Let's dig into some more Chargers news when it comes to training camp. I believe last time we recorded was on Sunday, the 7th or the 8th. I can't remember the exact day. But while while we were recording, the Chargers were having their inner squad scrimmage. So did want to start off, um, just had some few notes over the scrimmage. And I, and I wanted to kind of preface this uh this part with uh, I think I mentioned something on, on the last pod of like, there's still like we've seen we're about halfway through, if not a little bit over halfway of practices in camp, but we still have a significant portion of camp that we haven't seen that is really going to speak volumes, like more volumes on anything that's really happened so far. And I, I'm, I'm talking about preseason. I'm talking about uh, joint practices. I think, I believe the Chargers have them with the Cowboys this year, which should be pretty competitive. Um, and so we still haven't seen any of that, but the Chargers did scrimmage. Um, so be careful. Just be careful what stock you are buying and aren't buying during these live inter-squad scrimmages. So I just want to preface that, like all that with that. Um, but with that being said, I did have some notes and – the first one, um, first thing I wanted to talk about was the right tackle battle. I think this is a prime example of, of what I'm talking about is everyone knows at this point, Pipkins and Nortons have basically been rotating day on, day off with with the ones and twos. So like one day Pipkins will start at, at, at the ones, the next day Norton is walking through with the first team um, and just kind of vice versa back and forth. 
Um, they were still rotating, but Pipkins did start the scrimmage. So I, I didn't read too much into it. Don't know if uh, that was their preference for the scrimmage or if it was just his day to be out there with the first team. But um, that's a battle that I think is still pretty 50-50, and uh, it's, it's a good example of until we see preseason and some live reps against the Cowboys and, and joint joint practices. Um, I think that that's still going to be a pretty, pretty big question mark. Um, but yeah, what, what are your takes on, on the, on the right tackle position as of right now? I know it's still pretty early. Yeah, it's, it's honestly really hard to, I mean, I, it feels like every day I'll see a report that says Pipkins is going out with the first team next day. It'll be Norton's going out with the first team. So as of right now, it's really, it's tough. To really tell, I know yeah. you and I were both pretty high on Pipkins a few months ago, saying, you know, hey, watch out, he, he could be in line for a breakout season. Um, yeah, but so yeah, far, like there's yeah, much I've said on on the pod too, like I, I'm I'm Team Pipkins. If you ask me who I want to start at the beginning of the season, like I'm all for give me Trey Pipkins every day of the week. Just and the two, I mean, the vast improvement that he's made over course of one year and then the off season that he's had the off season that he's had not even training camp but you know there's so much hype on him you know working out at duke Minneweather's place you know the ol masterminds down in texas uh with rashawn slater and some of the other you know top offensive linemen in the league so that was really encouraging to see and hear um you know his progress just getting better individually. And then um, I'm really, you know, so he's someone I've kind of been waiting for in camp to, to separate himself. So I know it's early. And, and like, like I said, don't, don't buy too much stock into the practices. And look, it's, it's the time of year where football is back. Justin Herbert could, I mean, and this is literally the case. Justin Herbert just like walks on the field and people are going nuts. Like, any first down, any big play in camp, like people are going to like overreact to it, but that's the fun of training camp is, you know, getting excited and building the hype for the season. But, um, you know, I always have to remind myself, like, especially at this point in camp, we haven't seen really anything yet. And when we've seen guys getting back into the tune of things, knocking some rust off, but as far as like actual, you know, being able to benchmark all right where they're at progress wise and who is ahead of who. Uh, I, I think we're still kind of waiting on, on, on a lot of that stuff to develop. So I want Trey Pipkins to start. I think he, see, here's where I honestly don't know. I think he probably will, but for some reason, the staff just gives me like vibes that they like Norton over Pipkins. Do you get that vibe? Yeah, no, it's it's because we've dealt with people like Anthony Lynn in the past who put things like that in our minds where he puts things like favoritism over people who have actual talent. Meanwhile, I don't think that this staff really does, will do anything along those lines. But, yeah, I, I again, I'm with you on this. I'm T. Pipkins. I'm still expecting him to kind of separate himself. I think maybe it's still – I don't want to say it's a little early considering we're a month away from football, but I mean, it's a little early to be making those presumptions on who's going to be the day one starter, especially. Oh yeah, it totally is. Like, 
and Pipkins can definitely pull away still. So we're going to get to see these guys. I mean, this once preseason starts, like for me, um, I mean, obviously, you know, don't have to worry about the quarterback. I mean, there's some position battles that we're going to be keeping an eye on, especially through preseason and some rookies that we're expecting to, to see in preseason. But I think we're going to get to see a really good dose of both those guys in preseason. And I think by that third preseason game, Chargers fans will collectively, I think, be able to identify who's going to be the starter coming out of camp. So like someone will separate themselves over the three preseason games. Um, I think I'm still putting my money that it's Pipkins, but I'm not as confident as I was, say, a month ago. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. Um, It's just, I think it was one of those things that we just felt like with all of the off-season training that Pipkins did, just like you mentioned, that we just thought that maybe he would just come in right out of the gates and just be a total difference maker. And and again, it might be one of those times where maybe even Norton's made some changes in the off-season also, so... Yeah. I still expect Trey Pipkins to pull away, but it's taken a little bit longer than I expected. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I had jotted down. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a lot. I just went off on a tangent there, kind of. But uh, you know, they're still rotating at one, so that was something I took note of. Um, you know, during the scrimmage. Next thing was, and I know this is one of those things. I'm preaching it. Be careful what what stock you buy in preseason, but it was a little what's the word, maybe alarming that the fact that I, when I looked up and saw who was starting, who our starting linebackers were on the first team for the scrimmage. And it was Troy reader. And, uh, I can't think of his first name, but, uh, Ogbongamiga. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So yeah. Troy reader and, and Amen. We're starting at linebacker, and uh, that was just like a attention grabber. It was like, where the fuck are all of our linebackers at? But did a little bit more digging. Didn't have to dig too too much further to to find out that. I think Kyle Vannoy was resting. Obviously, Kenneth Murray um, is not practicing yet. He's coming back from an ankle surgery, and Drew Tranquil has is doing Drew Tranquil things in August and is banged up. So. That's fun. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that these guys are going to be our starters by any means and that, you know, this could just be and it probably is cautionary, but it was just kind of weird to look up and see our two like, you know, linebackers a a position group that fans have kind of been like anxious about, edgy about all like it's been a linebacker's been a like a soft sub like a sore subject kind of this offseason, especially with you know, all everything that happened with Kaiser White and him leaving. Um, so it just wasn't a very big confidence boost to see that um, for their inner squad scrimmage. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that 100%. But, I mean, it feels like every fall, Tranquil's not on the field a ton. But yet he doesn't miss a ton of playing time either. Obviously, he had that one really bad knee injury two years. I should just speak for last year, but because he did have that bad injury the year before. But so that's that's something that I kind of take with a grain of salt. And obviously we know that this coaching staff is very cautious 
with injuries as we've seen so over the last year. Um, mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray, any any idea on the timetable on when he's going to back? I feel like I have a decent idea, but I don't want to be wrong also. Uh, all I've read so far is that uh, well, Brandon, Brandon Staley has said that they, he hopes to have him starting football activities before camp is over. So I doubt he plays any preseason. I doubt – I mean, he's not going to get really – He'll probably miss the first couple weeks of the season. Realistically, I would be really amazed if he's there. And there's the other thing is like there's no need to rush him back. Like, why why would you rush him back week one or two for for week one or two? Like, who gives a fuck? It's week one or two. Like, yeah, every game matters. But I mean, I'd rather have him back five or six weeks into the season with a couple weeks of like getting in football shape and testing the ankle trusting it like that the psyche of that i think goes overlooked a lot of times of, of, of athletes coming back from injuries it's like you know not only do they have to, to do all the physical things that they need to do to get ready but they also like mentally have to prepare and you're playing in the fucking nfl like and you're a linebacker like that's there's a lot of mental prep that goes into that and um it is a plus that there's continuity on the defensive side of the things you know he doesn't he's not a rookie learning a playbook for the first time. So that helps. But um, now a timetable, I think he's supposed to start, start working out again, getting, getting on his feet um, sometime before camp ends, according to Brandon's daily. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the timetable that I had him pictured at also. I just didn't know for sure. And then um, the, the other guy, Van Noy, obviously take, take any rest days that he has with the grain of salt. This is his what I believe ninth year in the league. Like he's a he's yeah. A vet. So he rest days. So that's one. The other one I was sitting at was Nick Neiman. I couldn't. I haven't dug into that one too much. Again, I mean, I don't really care to dig in too much because at the end of the day, like it's it's an inter squad scrimmage in August. So just going off the whole theme of like not being being careful what you know what hype you you start buying into this time of year, but. Um, no, I just, I mainly jotted it down, not because I'm worried at that position. I just thought it was really funny. And <laughs> for the off season that the chargers have had at linebacker, um, to see that linebacker duo, um, it was just kind of caught my attention and I thought it was, thought it was worth chatting about, but, uh, Drew Tranquil, I think is a little banged up. I don't think it's anything serious. Um, I know Van Noy was a rest day. I don't know about Nick Neiman. So that would be one to maybe dig a little deeper into but um yeah so we will definitely not be starting those guys come week one hopefully yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't think so either but maybe don't don't sleep on troy reader i mean i remember keenan allen in an interview earlier today yep. said that troy reader like it felt like he knocked the ribs out of him so maybe don't sleep on troy reader he could be a decent piece to this defense especially i mean he won a ball with the Rams, so and he was a decent he was a decent part on that defense. So maybe Troy Reader won't be too bad of a piece. He might be one of the most underrated signings that we've had this offseason. Well, we know he's got that familiarity with Brandon Staley and company. So yeah, and that's again, that's kind of been the theme this offseason, right? Um so yeah, I mean keep an eye on on Troy Reader. He definitely he's one of those guys that could be a kind of a quiet very productive piece to this defense. Um, so yeah, good, good, good point. 
Uh, last last notes I had on the scrimmage here real quick. Um, so I did want to point out because we'll we'll jump into this. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of piggyback off this, but the starting safeties, first team safeties on Sunday night were Nasir Adderley, which I think is to be expected. He's a starter on this team. Everyone should know that by now. But then Alohi Gilman was lining up back there as well. And uh, that caught my attention because one safe safety is an interesting conundrum for the chargers. Obviously Derwin James highlights that when you think safety and chargers, you think Derwin James, but if you know how Derwin James is used, um, he's rarely just sitting back there like you're, you're, uh, you know, typical safety. He does a lot. He's a, he's an athlete. He plays, six different positions. He's all over the field. He is a chess piece that is a all pro athlete. So traditionally, you know, the chargers are going to have two other safeties back there. One of them being Nasir. Who is going to be the other one? Is it like, is a Gilman really going to be starting at safety on this defense? I mean, I'm not trying to knock the guy, but, is that who you trust as, you know, a starting, what, what would it be, strong safety? Yeah, so actually it's interesting you brought that up. I know we're talking about the uh, scrimmage that they had the other night, but earlier today the uh, starting safety in that first unit was actually Aloe Gilman and JT Woods was lining up back there, and they put Nasir in the nickel, which I think, or in the slot, nickel slot um, corner area which I think just speaks towards um, the versatility of Nasir more than anything. But um, once Derwin gets back, it's going to be interesting. And I know a guy that we highlighted last episode was uh, Mark Webb, the second-year man out of Georgia. Mark Webb, yeah. Massive strides so far in camp this year. So I don't know. Watch out for Mark Webb. Um, And honestly – yeah, now that I'm doing a little bit more, I'm like, yeah, honestly, it probably will be a Lohi Gilman unless Mark Webb does. I mean, it could be JT Woods. It, it really could be JT Woods. Um, it's That's kind of a three-man battle right there. I, I think it's important to remember, too, when it comes to these battles. You, you like No matter how well someone stands out in camp, there's always other little things that are going to play into the decision of like, oh, we're, we're keeping him over that guy because, you know, I mean, we'll kind of get into this in, 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 a, in a couple minutes, but like, for, for example, the cornerback battle, there's, there's different things other than just making standout plays in camp that go into the, the decision-making process. So with safeties, you know, anytime you have a rookie back there, they're already going to have the disadvantage of being new to the system. So I think just based on merit, you have to give – you have to give that to Alohi because he's been in the system for a couple of years. He knows the defense at this point or should know the defense. Um, and there's familiarity there. Whereas, you know, JT Woods is a rookie. He's going to have to overcome that part of it. But is he a more like all around better athlete and probably a better, once he gets his, his feet underneath him, a better NFL safety? I don't know yet, but I would probably, I'd put my money on it. I mean, what even is Alohi Gilman? Like uh, nothing special. Yeah. 
Who is he? Like from the moment he was his draft pick was announced to yeah, I think that like the highlight of his career was making that fourth quarter interception in Arrowhead. But what what like what else has he done? And I'm not I don't mean that in the sense of like you have to be fucking making picks every week and and you have to be an all no, I'm not asking him to be an all pro. I'm just like what's special about him? Yeah, uh, I mean, I understand. It's hard to put into words where you're coming from, but I understand, like, he's just kind of, you know, he's just kind of there. But um, He's a a body. Yeah, exactly. And the thing that's difficult about kind of predicting safeties or corners is it all kind of depends on the defense that you're running because you got these hybrid dudes like Derwin or like Nasir who can line up in the nickel, but then you have these other – or in the nickel or in the slot or anywhere that you need them. But then you also got these hybrid cornerback guys. Like, who knows? We might be able to see Asante out of the slot with Bryce with Bryce Callahan out out um, guarding a receiver one-on-one. Or maybe Michael Davis in the slot or something like that. So it's just really hard to predict a position like that. I definitely don't really want to see Loey Gilman get – meaningful a ton of meaningful snaps this year i i know that you agree with me on that but yeah. it's one of those positions that it's, well, it's definitely really tough to predict who's going to be where and who knows jt woods definitely has a ton of upside it doesn't it hasn't sounded like yeah. he's had the greatest camp in the world like he's definitely going through some growing pains but you know for a rookie i mean third rounder he definitely has the athleticism the intangibles to become yeah. somebody that can be very successful in the league it just it's going to take time and I think time is all that we really have to really protect that kind of position. So, oh yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think the biggest thing with a or not a low he uh, with JT Woods, uh, I think Chargers fans everywhere kind of like there's this collective like, ah gosh, I like I really hope he is as good as <clears throat> as good as advertised, and like I really hope he just we hit on that pick. And he's not a a first round pick or a second round pick, but I mean those mid mid round draft picks rounds three, four, five, or really where teams separate themselves at, you know, in the, in draft classes is, you know, who is going to pick up the stud of the mid middle rounds and, um, you know, chargers we've experienced that before, you know, guys like Keenan Allen, third round pick that ends up being an all pro. Um, yeah, I, there's this feeling where I'm just like, man, I really, really hope JT Woods, um, just becomes that guy that's just the perfect complement to the secondary, um, especially with Derwin James. I mean, it, it would just – it would make – it's one of those underrated parts of the defense that would just open up even more stuff for this defense, I think, if uh, if he can solidify, you know, that, that position and, and that, that part of the, the secondary. Yeah, and I mean, growing pains obviously are going to be expected for somebody like that. So I'm not taking I'm taking anything that happens in camp with a grain of salt. Um, that's really why I'm excited for this week and to finally watch these younger guys out in action, see how they can kind of fly around. Uh, I know JT Woods ran what like a four five. I don't know, but he's got he's got burners. He was on the Baylor track team, like. Um, he's definitely got the athleticism to be something special in the league, but again, we'll just we'll just have to see. Growing pains are part of the game. Uh, you can't expect everybody to come in and be the next Derwin James right off the bat. So 
we'll just have to see. But for now, yeah, I agree with you. Aloe Gilman's not the answer at safety. I don't. I'm not necessarily saying saying that he's god awful, but he's just no. kind of. He's just. He would be a, a nice, good depth piece. I mean, if someone goes down and, um, you know, Aloe has to step in for a couple weeks or even for just a couple quarters. Like, I mean, I I'm comfortable enough with like that, but yeah, I just don't, I don't think I, in, in an ideal world, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, want him starting. How, who would you take? Would you take Aloe Gilman or Jaleel Adai? Ooh, probably Aloe Gilman or Rayshon Jenkins. Oh, give me, give me Rayshon every day of the week. He, he's yeah, that's one of those yeah. underrated guys that we let walk. That I agree with that. Oh, I wish we still had guys like him. Um, come to mind, guys like Adrian Phillips. I, I know is a, a big one for for Man, Chargers fans. That one, hurt, that one hurt more than people understand. Yeah, I mean, imagine if we said Adrian Phillips on this team. I know. Whew. Even just, even just especially, even if we could, even if we didn't have. Sp- you know, safety Adrian Phillips. What if we just had special teams Adrian Phillips? I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. crazy. That's the past. It's whatever. But all right. Well, moving on. Um, so yeah, th- those are the notes I had on 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 the scrimmage. But moving on to some further camp notes. Um, Jasir freaking Taylor, man. Let's like, let's gas him up. Let's let's let let's uh contribute to the hype because at this point, I mean. He's he's easily been, I think, one of the biggest standouts of camp, uh, not just from the rookies, but from the entire team. I mean, defensively, he is he's made some nice plays, and then uh, yesterday made what Daniel Popper says is arguably the best play of camp, along with another fellow rookie cornerback, Dean Leonard, who made a great play earlier in camp. But Jasir Taylor. Uh, at the end of practice, so the pra- the Chargers have been ending practice uh, every day with a, a two-minute drill, and Justin Herbert and company started the drive on their own 29 or 30, I believe. A uh, couple first downs, a couple passes to Keenan Allen. Um, anyways, third down, Jasir Taylor comes on to replace Keeman Hall. So it's that, that, that's important to note is that Keeman Hall had been uh, getting the reps over Taylor, but they 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 let Jasir Taylor come in for one of the last reps on third down, so he replaces Keeman Hall, lining up in the slot, matched up on Keenan Allen. Herbert drops back. Allen does an outback route or an outbreak route, I should say, uh, towards the sideline from the slot, and Jasir Taylor times it, jumps it perfectly, and intercepts Justin Herbert and takes it to the house. Sidelines went crazy. It was not a practice that was open to the public, but if it was, the whole place would have gone nuts. So what are the Chargers going to do with Jasir Taylor? Um, I You would like to think, I think he is an early favorite to make the team. I tweeted that yesterday. Um, you know, he's impressed coaching staff, Brandon Saley, the whole camp. And, you know, Ronaldo Hill um, said in, in the media uh, conferences that, you know, he's a really savvy guy. He doesn't – if he makes a mistake, he's not going to make that same mistake. He, 
uh, twice. He's going to learn and he's going to capitalize and execute the next time he's put in that situation. So that's impressive to see, especially from a rookie, uh, especially from a guy who's coming from, and I, I'm not huge into college football, so don't kill me. But I mean, if you're not in the SEC, if you're not like, he's from the ACC, so he's from Power Five, but it's just impressive. Anytime someone comes from a smaller school and gets thrown into NFL camp and, and is able to make that quick adjustment and, and stand out. So I say all that to start this conversation. There's about four four guys battling for the last two cornerback spots and maybe possibly a safety spot, a hybrid safety spot, depending on how many safeties the Chargers are planning on keeping. So for sure, two of these guys have to go. You got Tavon Campbell. You have Keeman Hall, Jasir Taylor, and then Dean Leonard. Give me your early prediction. Well, not not necessarily predictions. Who do you, who who would you want out of those four to make the squad? Man, I am praying on Tavon Campbell's downfall like no other man. TC, I, dude, I do. TC has done not jack shit except for that easy ass pick six against. I think it was the Jets like two years ago. No, he had he, that, uh, he had like the. I mean, it wasn't a game winner, but it, it was like it basically was, score. Yeah, and since okay, but that's just being right place, right time. You know, like oh, he didn't 100%. Like, report, he yeah, didn't 100%. force the fumble. Yeah, but he didn't cause that fumble. No, no, but I mean the things that I mean you talked about just here Taylor for a little bit, and I just want to note on just here Taylor. Uh, Popper came out with he mentioned in his article the other day, or maybe it was a tweet, but um. I think it was about a week ago during stretching, Brennan Staley spent like five minutes just talking to him, like coaching him up and stuff about before stretching the other day. Like typically I think this more spreaks on Brandon Staley's part. Like that's not typically something you would see from a head coach to a sixth round pick. Um, right. So I think that's super cool that they really are. I mean, this coaching staff is putting trust into these late round pick, maybe not necessarily putting trust into these late round picks, but are, really spending time to try to develop these guys. It really shows that they see something in them also. But Jasir Taylor mm-hmm. has had a great camp so far. But so has Dean Leonard. We talked about Dean Leonard last yeah. podcast, and Dean Leonard has been balling out this camp too. So I think I think uh, Keeman Hall and Tavon Campbell are gone. That's my that's who okay. I would want gone, and I think that we keep Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard on the field. But the, then the question goes to are those people that, even though they've had a great – camp do we want them seeing meaningful snaps should someone go down or just should someone be tired or something like that and i think that's the question that really needs to be answered right um i'm gonna play devil's advocate i'm gonna play devil's advocate and i'm gonna muddy the waters a little bit more if that's if that's cool with you let's hear it i'm ready so i think i don't disagree with anything you just said I, i i i there's a world, there is a universe that exists where TC and Keeman Hall get cut and the two rookies get the jobs. I I can live in that world. That is totally fine by me. But I think realistically, and this is what I was just saying, I was kind of prefacing a couple couple minutes ago of there are other things that go into the decision making process when it comes to these types of decisions. Devon Campbell and Keeman Hall provide some special teams value. 
Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard have yet to prove themselves on special teams. That's just one of the factors in this equation. Another equation is something I mentioned a couple seconds ago with JT Woods is the familiarity with the playbook, the scheme. Now that's, that's not as big of one because I think anyone could argue, well, come on, like figure out the playbook. You know, if you're going to be a professional football player, that's just one of the things you got to figure out. You've you played at a high level college program, you know, you have to, you know, get used to the scheme. All that stuff's going to take time. Yes. But some guys pick it up quicker, but that's one I think you can overlook a little bit more, but the special teams one really kind of stopped me when I, I read or saw something about that. I think it was in Popper's article. And it's, it's interesting because it's something I hadn't thought about. And when I did think about it, I thought, man, well, what does Brandon Staley love? He loves, he doesn't love, and I'm not saying Dean Leonard and, and Jasir Taylor are one trick ponies. They can only play defensive back. They can't provide any value anywhere else, but the other two guys are, are proven guys that have been around. So at what point does that factor into like, honestly, what I see happening is, is one of each is going to make it. One of the vets are going to make it. And one of the new guys are going to make it. I completely, what? I completely agree. I think that's what's going to happen, but it's not necessarily what I would want to happen, but I, I completely agree with you. Like, I think, I think Tavon Campbell is still going to be on this team. And like, if you think about it, if you really think about it, if Tavon Campbell is your sixth cornerback, that's, is that that bad? Like that's actually no. kind of decent depth. No, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. I, I complete. I think Kimon Hall is gone. I do. I think Kimon Hall is gone. He's just kind of somebody that we hear literally nothing about. Honestly, if, Popper didn't post the roster the other day. I would totally forget. I've, I've been seeing some tweets and stuff about it. He's made a few plays this camp. Um, I think he's he's definitely progressed as a player just from, I mean, the the love that I've been seeing him get a little bit more on, on social media from from writers and, and the media. But, uh, yeah, I, still, I, I would agree with you. I think you're right. I think he is gone. Um, but then the other part of that that muddies the waters a little bit even more is that are you really going to stash a, dra- a draft, an actual draft pick? Remember, these guys are both draft picks. They're not undrafted free agents. It's like it's easier to stash an undrafted free agent that really stands out on, on a practice squad um, and just kind of hope no one claims it. Because pra- for people that don't, and this is probably going to sound dumb and like, duh, to some hardcore football fans, but when you stash someone on your practice squad, other teams can claim them. They're not, they're not necessarily yours. Yeah. Like teams can swoop in and if they notice, and if, especially this is where, you know, front offices and their scouting departments really pay off is teams that continue to scout after drafts, like guys that went undrafted, but they're like, Hey, this dude's on their practice squad. We, we looked at this guy. He's really like, and he had a good camp. And like we can swoop in and get this guy. Like, so the the part of that that makes me nervous is are the Chargers really gonna risk losing a dra- an actual draft pick because they didn't put him on the roster? He's on the practice squad, and then my oh my, next thing you know, the Kansas City Chiefs fucking swoop in and take Jasir Taylor. Yeah, and then next thing you know, he's a all star for the Chiefs. 
So or like yeah. a, a strong contributor on D, like you know, just like that's also a factor of the decision, and and that's I think that's more something. Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley kind of, you know, put their heads together and, and factor all that stuff in, obviously. But again, playing devil's advocate because there's, I think it's important to know that there are a lot more decisions that go into this this decision making process than just, you know, it's not as black or white as people on Twitter want to make it seem. Like, oh, he had a great camp. He had a better camp than him. So, like, keep him. Well, it's like, yeah, but it's also camp. What if he comes out of camp and sucks ass in a, in a game? And it's like, you know, whereas T, you know, Tavon Campbell and Keeman Hall, they've played in NFL games. Like, they're not complete liabilities. Yeah. And I'm not saying the other two are either, but, uh, you know, it's a little more of the unknown. Exactly. Um, they're, they're rookies. We haven't seen them on an NFL field yet. So it's 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 a tough question. I understand if Keeman Hall and Trayvon Campbell both stay, which I don't think that they do because I don't, I just don't see both Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor getting cut. I do agree with probably one or the other will be, whether I agree with it or not. But I mean, typically you got to give you got to give these guys a shot, especially when they've been balling out in camp like they have been. And mm-hmm. I think that this is where preseason games are going to come into play. You know, we're going to see how they match up against actual NFL players in an actual game like situation, which is going to tell a big difference between who's, who's going to stay and who's going to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, the way, the way I choose to look at it is the chargers are benefiting from all of this for the sole purpose of it's been kind of a, a theme theme of ours is iron sharpens iron. Like at the end of the day, no matter what, you know the staff is going to pick whoever they feel is the best player, going to provide the most, uh, you know, production for this team. Um, and competition, like, competition only makes guys better. Um, you know, Devon Campbell could come out and, and be a completely different guy this year and not necessarily be an all-pro, but just be a very good fifth or sixth cornerback uh, in this league. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the difference right there is the depth. We've talked about that. It's not just who you have, you know, on, on your first team, but guys go down, you know, um, you know, guys have to step up. So all this competition is is never a bad thing. Yeah, no competition is definitely not a bad thing until someone gets hurt. It would be something, another way to look at it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. It's a position battle, excuse me, to uh, definitely look forward to. And yeah, yeah, both the both these you got to give props to these to these young guys. They've been balling out. So I mean, definitely they definitely de- they both definitely deserve roster spots. But at the end of the day, you know, you just can't have you can't have too many of one position, and when there's another position in need. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. uh, And again, there's a lot of these, a lot of these topics that we've talked about tonight are still fairly unknown because like I said, we hit, we haven't hit preseason yet. We haven't hit joint practices. We've kind of hit like the part of training camp where it's just all bullshit. (laughs) It really is just all bullshit. I mean, it's hype. There's excitement. 
people are, are ready for football. All that's been great. I love it. It's one of the best times of the year for me because I fucking love football and I love the Chargers. Um, but really, if you boil it down, like what have we actually seen so far? It's basically been walkthroughs. It's been install periods. Um, you know, training camp is for, for guys that – for the rookies and for the new guys that were required in the offseason to really get up to speed. And then once preseason starts, I, I feel like that's when things really start popping off. Joint practices – um, you know, joint practices are going to be huge. I think those are, that is the new preseason. I, I think I've, I've heard a couple uh, national media guys talk about that either on, on uh, NFL network or ESPN. Um, that really is, I think where the league is headed is, you know, you're not going to see Justin Herbert in any preseason game probably ever, but you will see him get really good reps um, with coaches and teams being able to control a lot more against meaningful competition, you know, um, not not the the second team defense, not uh, you know these these rookies that you've been going up against. Like you're actually going to get to go against legit veteran, you know, defenses. So I think that's going to be the new thing. Um, and so I'm really excited for the for the joint practices against the Cowboys. Yeah, definitely. Those are definitely when. You know, you see the whole, you know, tempers flare and people get into it because they know they're not going to be overly punished during a joint practice. That's honestly one thing that I kind of look forward to is seeing it shows who's got that grit. You know, it shows who's going to want it more. It shows who who's in the who's in it for the long term, things like that. So we're going to see these younger guys that we've been talking about, not even just preseason games, but yeah, joint practices are going to tell us a lot. So, yeah, um, hopefully we'll be able to stay up with those and uh, keep an eye out on basically who's, who's performing in which ways. So I'm, I'm excited for those. Yeah. Very, very um, well. Awesome. Hey, last thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we get out of here. Um, I did want to talk about the, the first official depth chart or unofficial depth chart um, that the chargers put out. Um, I think, it kind of broke Chargers Twitter for like a couple of hours. And then I think people realized exactly what we've been talking about tonight is just, it's the first fucking depth chart. <laughs> like chill out. Uh, it's unofficial for a reason. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, preaching to the choir, but we haven't seen any preseason games, any, any joint practices. This it's all bullshit up to this point, right? It's all BS. None of it's real. It's all smoke and mirrors. Um, but I did think it was kind of funny. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Is uh, Let's just basically go over um, any notable guys that you're seeing, Any anything notable from any positions. Like what, what really sticks out to you right off the first rip? Um, it's not so much like, I mean, you know, because a couple of these guys, it's like or like Storm Norton or Trey Pipkin. So like, yeah. that that's to be expected. Uh, fullback. Uh, Xander Horvath or Gabe Neighbors like that is still a pretty open battle. Um, but like one that really caught my attention on offense was Isaiah Spiller being yep. the fourth. Yeah. Fourth running back. Yeah. What I, the, f- I, like, the again, I- here I am being like, what the fuck? Um, uh, it's the first. What do we know? Like, what do we know? 
So, but like it just doesn't match up with all the hype. I feel like he's been getting since camp is open. Yeah. Okay. Like obviously he got a lot of offseason hype after the draft. A lot of fans are are very high on him. Um, that's great. I mean, again, it's just all hype. But I I feel like he's had a decent camp. Like I feel like he hasn't. There's other rookies that I've was excited for that I feel like have kind of had an underwhelming camp. Like so far anyways, like JT Woods. But I felt like for the most part, some of the stuff I was keeping up on, like Spiller, Spiller had been, you know, high up there with the running back. So that was like, whoa, that immediately caught my attention. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But I, th- I 100% think that that's something to take with a grain of salt. I mean, obviously, when you're looking, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, it doesn't say – Austin Eckler, and then it doesn't go Joshua Kelly or Larry Roundtree or Isaiah Spiller. It is Isaiah Spiller in fourth, and I think that that's definitely something that – because, I mean, just according to all reports, I mean, I I trust Popper to give us pretty updated information. It looks like that Isaiah Spiller, even though he's listed as fourth on the running back chart, is the next back that has gotten the most first-team reps outside of Austin Eckler. So I think that running back position is something to definitely take with a grain of salt. And um, I think, especially once we see him, like he's, like we mentioned with the corners, joint practices, um, pre preseason games, um, Isaiah Spiller. But I believe by the end of it, I think that he's winning that RB2 battle. And then I think it comes between Joshua Keller, Larry Roundtree, um, who gets cut. But I definitely think Isaiah Spiller is moving his way up, and I think that that is something on that depth chart that we shouldn't really look too much into because it's apparent who has Mm -hmm. the most skill out of those bottom three guys behind Eckler. And obviously a fourth-round pick is somebody that's going to, especially at the running back position, somebody that's going to make an impact right off the rip. At least that's what we've seen in the past, and I believe that Isaiah Spiller will do that also. Yeah, no, that, that that's a very good point. Very good point. The, the other one that uh, – so there's mainly two, and it was like the two I think that people noticed right away and, and we're talking about on Twitter. Um, the other one is Jerry Tillery starting interior defense alignment. Who is – who's that? Uh, number 99, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, him, yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, dude, I just – if this team keeps him over, I mean, the fact that they have him in front of Morgan Fox is, is is one thing in itself. But if this team, if this staff keeps him over a Braden Fehoko, Fehoko wow, Braden Fehoko or Joe Gaziano, I will put my hand through drywall. Like they, there is no excuse at this point. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, talk to me because I'm just gonna go off on a fucking rant here. He's cheeks, man. Like, just straight up, he is. He's just he's bad. I mean, we see him listed. Um, it's got Morgan Fox as his as his direct backup. But I mean, I think I mean we got Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day as the other starting D lineman. I think Christian Covington way deserves it over Jerry Tillery. And then I oh would- yeah, like like I'm and I'm yeah I'm like not even mentioning everyone. I'm just saying like. I'm thinking of like some of the third stringers that they oh, have listed yeah. where yeah. I would even put them over Tillery. But yeah, like Covington for sure. 
Covington, um, and I agree with Fajoko. I agree with Gaziano, and honestly, Merrill might even be a toss-up at this point. Like number ninety-nine is just—he's not—he's not good at football. I really, I mean, again, this is why I just like not like all of this is bullshit. I'm just gonna keep saying that, but and yes, take it with a grain of salt. But like, I just, I really, for the first time, maybe ever as a Chargers fan, I have almost full confidence in the staff and especially the head coach, Brandon Staley, that like he's like, they're not, they're done playing the fucking game of like, Oh, well, you know, he's, he's, he was a first round pick. So we got to like, you know, there's like this seniority or what, not seniority, but just like this extra level of like special treatment because you're a first round pick. It's like, dude, you were a first round pick at a back, back end first round pick four fucking years ago you haven't done shit your fifth year option was declined by the team like that that only happens if you are a fucking you know quote unquote bust yeah um i don't know we've even like okay the thing that gives me some hope we have talked before whether there's actual chances of jerry tillery getting cut or not and honestly, there's there's still probably not an overly realistic chance. I mean, well, okay, so that's where I, I didn't get to finish my thought, but that's that's kind of where I was going with it. Was I have full faith in this staff that they're done playing that game of like we're going to keep you because favoritism, we like you favoritism. Yeah, they're done with the favoritism because you should be better than you are. What you you've had yeah. this many years to prove it. You either suck or you don't at this point. Right, and you're either and like and the I for the first time ever, I think I have faith in the coaching staff to actually do it, like pull the plug, like, and I think Tom Telesco has full faith in them as well. Like, yeah, if you guys say so, fucking let's get rid of this guy. Like, let's just cut him, um, because we have two other guys behind him that are better or just as good. I know that there was a, I can't remember the exact statement, but I know that Staley made a comment last year about or beginning of the off season about Tiller, you know, which one I'm talking about where he would just kind of like, you know, yeah, that's we'll been a see, big, we'll see where, like it, it, he made it sound like it was very unsure on what Tillery's future is going to be like. Well, the way that the staff has, the way that the tone like has changed and the way the staff has talked about him is really like nothing I've ever seen before. And so that's like, and then the fifth year option got declined. And then there was a quote that came out this week I believe from Staley that said, you know, he's had a couple of nice plays. Um, he's had a couple sacks in camp, but like, don't get it. <laughs> he didn't say this, don't get it twisted, but like, he still has a lot to prove. I wish, I wish Brandon Staley would say that. That would just, let's just, you know what? We're going to start spreading fake news. He did say it. Yeah. Quote, he, said, quote don't quote, he said, don't get it twisted. Jerry Tillery sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> Word for word, word for word. Um, no, but he, he he actually did say, um, you know, he has a lot to prove. Which that was like an alarming comment for me. It was like, what do you mean a lot, a lot to prove? This is year four. Like, like that. That was just like, yeah. Again, going back to like the way that they've talked about him and the way that that tone has changed over the last year is just like a complete 180 from like the beginning of like last season where Staley was just trying to like 
still be the nice guy and get, you know, like build a culture and, and get his players to buy into him. Like he was kind of, he was kissing a little bit more ass last year. And I think this year, like he's, he means business. He, he means business. He's the guy he knows he, he is, he is in the driver's seat. He's like, you know, he's got a, at this point, his job security is safer than Tom Telesco's in my opinion. Although Tom Telesco did a lot this off season to really, really secure that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he, it's his show. It's, it's Staley's show. Telesco knows that he's like, Hey, you know, just tell me what you need. I'll get it and I'll get out of the way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen the bond that they've made through this off season, um, especially just acquiring dudes that are familiar with this system. And yeah, uh, Jerry Tillery, dude, if he does get cut, man, I'm throwing a parade, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you that I think that this coaching staff isn't going to be as lenient with this bullshit as the last ones have been. But it just – it still seems a little unlikely to me. But I I hope it happens, but I guess we'll see. Praying on his downfall. For sure. I prayed for times like this. <laughs> I prayed for times like this. Anything's possible. I thrive. I thrive off negativity. Have you seen that meme? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me when talking about Jerry Tillery. And I'm just like, that's my my uh, spirit animal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For Awesome, man. Sure. I agree. Well, yeah, that's all I got. So, yeah, I think uh, we covered quite a bit. We covered just to recap, we talked Charger scrimmage, had some notes from that, um, some good camp notes on you know some of the key position battles, talked defensive backs, cornerbacks some safety talk, uh, which was good. And, uh, yeah, we got to, <laughs> got to kind of dissect the, uh, first unofficial depth chart, that the chargers have put out there. Um, I hope you got some laughs from it. Um, again, just reminding everyone, you know, whatever stock you're, you're buying or you're not buying at this point in camp, uh, just, just buy, buyer beware. Yeah, I know. So I guess, I guess we'll just we'll see. You know, it's it's definitely anything that we talked about. Um, take with a grain of salt. I mean, there's still a bit. I mean, we're still a month away from football, so a lot yeah. can happen. Uh, preseason games. I guess we next time you hear from us, we'll probably be after the first preseason game. So we'll get you guys some notes from there. Oh yeah, is it? It's on Saturday, right? Saturday or is it Sunday? I fucking I I don't know why I keep saying Saturday because. Preseason does that weird shit where it's like games are on Saturdays. It is, it is Saturday. No, it's Saturday. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll so we'll next time you hear from us, we will be talking about that game. Um, talking about hopefully some of these youngins that we talked about tonight. See how they perform against the other Los Angeles team, who we will also be meeting with in the regular season. And other than that, yeah, I I've got nothing else for you guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. So. Sounds good, man. Um, yeah, thank thank you, Bolt fam, for tuning in to episode twenty four of Chargers Powder Hour. Um, more camp talk, so it's been good catching up. Um, make sure to follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Powder Hour Pod LA for all the latest news and updates about the pod. Um, we've been posting a lot of camp stuff on there, so if you guys want to go check that out. That is up, and uh, 
don't forget to leave us a, a review uh, wherever you guys listen to us. Spotify, Apple, leave us a review. Tell us how you guys like the show. It helps us make the show better, um, provide some more feedback. So uh, that is greatly appreciated. But with that, yeah, that's all I got. So let's get out of here. And I want to go to bed. So good night, guys.